Here we go. We're going to have some fun. Welcome to Skip Happens, everybody. Skip Clark on this end. And right up there is my good friend, Deb Lamphier, the president and founder of the official Country Music Fan Club. And right over there. Check this. Let's see if I could do this. I know. know. There we go. He's got it. We got it. Yeah. You know, we are just pumped that um, he has taken the time to to come on with Skip Happens. And a country superstar, my friend, uh, already in my book and still climbing. This is amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Tyler Rich with us here tonight. Tyler, how are you, my friend? What's up, guys? Quite an intro. Thank you very much. (laughs) Nice to see you. you Welcome. Man, I'm, 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 I don't even know what to say. I'm very excited. You know, I thought I was, uh, let me just be honest with you guys. We had Martina McBride on here, what, I don't know, maybe a couple of months ago. And I was nervous as all heck. I'm going, oh, <laughs> and I've been doing this a long time. Mm-hmm. But it was Martina McBride. But you know what? I think I'm more nervous having this guy on, Tyler Rich. <laughs> I don't, I don't no. I, yeah, Dude, it's like, wow. And, of course, I talked to some of your team, and uh, they were like, yeah, dude, he, he'd he love to come on. We got to get him to do this. And, and it all worked out. So here we are. It's Tyler Rich and uh, very excited. I like the uh, San Francisco hat, by the way. And um, that's me, man. All the time, almost like a yeah. trademark at this point. That's all. I get it. I get it. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But first of all, uh, tell Deb and I, uh, where are you? Describe your surroundings a little bit. Um, so my surrounding, I'm surrounded by hats and shoes. Um, <laughs> I like them. When my wife wants more, she builds up. Um, and so <laughs> that <laughs> we're in, we're in LA. Um, my wife's an actress. So we split time between LA and Nashville. Um, and so when the world ended, you know, March 13th last year and everything went, who knows what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm. I grabbed Abby, this dog, flew across the country and, uh, been in LA ever since. And so, really? um, heading back to Nashville in a couple months, but we've been just COVID quarantined in California. You know, I think the weather's nicer there. It's been wonderful. It's been very nice. <laughs> well, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> I bet it is. Where you're right in, in LA, did you say? Yeah, right in LA. Yeah. yeah. So, like for example, what's the temperature there right now? Uh, I mean, it was like mid 60s today. Okay, and well then, yeah, right better now, than us, Skip. <laughs> yeah, well, we're in the middle of 30. We're in the middle of 30s, and this is a heat wave, but I guess it's supposed mm-hmm. to be really cold. But we're not here to talk about weather. We're here to talk about Tyler Rich, and we're here to talk about his music. We're here to talk about his life. And I will say I'm quite impressed with all those hats. And those are shoes you said on the shelves back there? Yeah, those are. Um, oh, yeah, there we go. So, yeah, we got all, all. it's all backwards. So when I point this way, my hand goes the other way. Yeah, a bunch of shoes. This part right here is mine. Uh, just uh-huh. a little slot, you know. Okay, that's, um, and the rest are hers. Yeah, and then she has more on this side. You just can't see it. Like, right that's now. a great idea, though. Yeah. It, uh. It keeps her, you know, keeps her happy. She doesn't have to get rid of stuff that she doesn't. Because she, you know, with acting stuff and her auditions, mm-hmm. she's always got to dress like she needs a million outfits. She's she's mm-hmm. the only woman in the world that actually has an excuse to have this much clothes because mm-hmm. she plays a million different people. Right. Good for her. Exactly. <laughs> Good and, for her. And all those hats, are they yours? These are all hers. Those um, are I've, hers. Yeah, I've got a bunch of baseball caps. And stuff oh, I got you. Okay. My stuff's under the bed. 
All right. So I would take it. San Francisco's your team. Your stuff's under the bed. My, my stuff's under the bed. It took a second. My stuff's under the bed, too. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah we know how that goes. Right, Deb? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, right, let's, uh, let's talk about uh, you had the album come out, what, 2,000 Miles? And uh, tell us the story about that a little bit. Why is it called 2,000 Miles? Uh, so I touched on it briefly just, you know, a couple minutes ago about the fact that Sabina and my wife and I go back and forth between Nashville and L.A. And, and from meeting her to then, you know, chasing and getting a record deal to the four years of touring and writing songs and picking songs and recording songs all led up to this moment where I was getting to drop my debut album. And I was like, what else could I possibly call it other than the distance between our two front doors? that I've been doing between my, my love and my wife, mm -hmm. my girlfriend, the fiance to wife, and my career and my passion every week, 2,000 miles back and forth, writing songs here, writing songs there. Yeah. Um, and then the ir irony of it all is that my producer is obviously in Nashville during COVID and I'm out here. Yeah. So then I build this little mini studio at home and I finally learn how to start recording stuff because I have to finish the album here with him on the computer screen just like this. And so I actually finished the last couple songs of the album singing 2,000 Miles from my producer just like this. And I was like, man, this, this is what it's got to be called. It, it's the perfect, it's the perfect <laughs> And I did read about that, that's, but I wanted you to, t to tell everybody about that. I think that's so unique and so cool that that's how you came up with it. And Yeah, it was, it, it was perfect. Well, it's just kind of amazing that even as an artist and with your producer and all the mechanics behind producing your songs and your album, you even have to go through the process of learning new technology to get things done as we all did. We're, we don't think about that end of it. Yeah. And it was like, I mean, obviously, you know, all industries, everybody, when, when all this happened last year, we all immediately had to innovate. We had to figure out what do we do to stay on top? What do we do to stay creative in a new setting? Um, writing on zoom and writing on, you know, be live and stuff like this is so weird at first, <laughs> but then it all starts to become second nature. And uh, I always like to throw back to, we've all had Instagram live forever, mm -hmm. right? We've mm -hmm. had it forever, Yes, but none of us really used it until all of a sudden it was all we had, you know? And so it's really sparked my mind in a way to not just get this microphone and this plug in so that I can record vocals, but, you know, get the piano part and this and the cables and try to figure out like, how else can I stay on top of the game? Or if all of a sudden I need to be making demos, you know? And so just kind of using this downtime and as inspiration to learn, to, you know, stretch. Yeah. How did, um, how did all this, I mean, of course, back in March when everything shut down and um, you said, okay, I need to go back to LA and, and that's where you are. I mean, your communication with your label, I know you're with the Valerie Music Group and th those guys, you know, Chris and everybody there is George. I mean, he just, they're awesome. And how, um, how did they, what did they say? Just stay there. We'll let you know when to come back to Nashville. How did all that go down? Honestly, it wasn't ever really a conversation just because yeah. it wasn't like I just grabbed the dog and my stuff and moved. Um, we were on tour with Lanco and I literally had my bag from that week on the road. And I, we went home when Minneapolis canceled and I grabbed my dog, didn't even unzip the bag and just flew straight to California. And cause we already had a place here cause Sabina's here a lot. Right. Um, it just felt normal. You know, Sabina is, she was still shooting for a couple weeks before mm -hmm. everything on that side was canceled. Um, and so I was like, well, I got nothing to do. I'm going to, you know, and you're working. So that's obviously the direction I need to go. And so mm -hmm. came out here and, you know, every, like everybody, we all thought, you know, is it going to be a week, two weeks? Is it going to be a month? What's happening? And then 
I've been back to Nashville a few times. Um, yeah. But for the most part, I mean, yeah. Yeah. We're here. And they and they were fine with it because yeah, it wasn't like all of a sudden like, hey guys, I'm moving to California until this is over. It was right. hey guys, I'm just sleeping in my other bed. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. How did you um how did you meet Sabina? So we met at Stagecoach, which is a, a big country festival out in California. Okay. Um, yep. for anybody that doesn't know, Stagecoach is basically Coachella week three, except mm -hmm. for it's country music. Mm -hmm. Um, same place, etc. And I met her the old fashioned way. I met her in the pit. You know, I was, um, I, I saw her backstage on Friday and I was like, man, this girl is so familiar. How do I know her? Do I know her from, is she here with a band? Am I not supposed to talk to her? Is she here? Like, who is this girl? I chickened out. I didn't talk to her. And then, you know, I've got the one that got away song a billion times in my head for the whole weekend. And then <laughs> all of a sudden come Sunday, I, I look out in the pit from the stage and, um, I had just gotten off tour with Dustin Lynch and I was on side stage while he was performing and I saw her in the pit and there's like 80,000 people at this point, you know? So mm -hmm. I s s like ran down there like an excited high school kid. I just ran down into the pit and I had enough liquid confidence at this point and courage to walk up and, um, just a simple hello. It was really quick. You know, I was like, Hey, how do I know you? You know, I see you're around some of my mutual friends and we didn't know each other. Um, but then, you know, she kind of ran away and, then I had to do what the kids do these days. I had to slide in the DMs the next day to, yeah, yeah. to, to hook the fish. But we, um, in that moment is when I realized that I recognized her from, uh, from a movie, like a couple of things I'd seen on TV yeah, yep, yep. and had a total crush on her and a couple of things I'd seen, but had never put it together of who that person was, you know? And then all of a sudden uh, people were like, Oh, who's your celebrity crush? I'm like, so just curious did she think you were some crazy fan coming up to her or did she know that you were a performer as well no she i don't think she knew i was a performer after i left because she she was with some of the same people that i knew which uh. i didn't even know until way after the fact um the best thing about sabina is even though i had seen her in some stuff her and i career-wise um have been on a very similar trajectory like um done really big stuff and like getting our name out and then like right. back to figuring out how do we do it on our own headlining stuff okay opening up for a bunch of people small roles blah, 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 to back down and then back up and so we're kind of like on this ebb and flow so um i think she was just as surprised as i would have been at that point it was like hey tyler i love your music mm -hmm. i'm like really thanks man i you know so it was uh it was cool i don't know maybe she thought maybe she's like oh yeah he's seen me in this for sure Maybe I'm just giving her too much credit. <laughs> hey, it worked. Whatever you did, it worked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, that's like a perfect match. Why? Um, how did you get started in country music? Uh, country for me when I was a kid was it was my it was my uncle Tim. He is this. When I was growing up, he was this guitar playing, football coaching, just the man, you know. And he was. Um, Anytime we did any type of barbecue in the South, they call them cookouts. Um, right. California, we say barbecue. Even if you're not grilling, if you're outside eating, it's, it's a barbecue. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, well, there's got to be a grill, but you know what I mean. And yeah, you know, him and all his friends showed up with guitars, and it was, I just wanted to be in that party. You know, I wanted to be able to get a guitar and play music with my uncle and his friends. And the songs they were playing, you know, were anything from Garth Brooks to Brooks Dunn, Brooks and Dunn to the rock and roll side, you know, like the Eagles or Creedence Clearwater, Tom Petty, and, and just all that kind of, to me, mixed with all of a sudden my obsession with this movie called Pure Country when I was eight years old. Yep. yep. Um, to me, I didn't know 
who George Strait was as much as I knew as an eight-year-old who Dusty was in this movie, you know, and he was this right. country singing moonlighter that was pretending he wasn't a country star, that whole story. And which is funny because now, you know, it's a chick flick, you know, so I don't really, you watch mm -hmm. it now and it's just massive chick flick. But I was a kid, you know, he was the coolest. And right, right. So getting to go see that tour, I got to go see George Strait and then falling in love with my uncle playing live music and then getting, getting a guitar. And, you know, when you first get a guitar when you're that young, there's two things you want to do, at least for me. I got an electric and I plugged it in. I turned it as loud as I could. And I played stuff like <laughs> I played everything from Metallica to, I mean, you name it. If I could turn it up loud and get the pedals out, I was going hard. Um, and then if I was playing my acoustic, I was doing singer songwriter stuff. And the singer songwriter stuff that I would choose is the stuff that I saw my uncle get the best reactions from. And that was Friends in Low Places. That was Neon mm -hmm. Moon. That was mm -hmm. all these just, you know, like incredibly written sing-along songs and so i mean that's where country started for me and then it's just been a crazy path yeah. ever since yeah i i remember when the difference came out we were playing that and uh i just said this is such a great song and i would consider that like that was when i really realized that man this guy's got what it takes when i heard that song the difference i said that just that that had to be the turning point for you yeah thank you i appreciate that and and it was you know that was the first single that we put out once I had signed with Big Machine and Valerie mm -hmm. and it was, I mean, it was everything, you know, it's about to come up on the three year anniversary here in a couple or in a, right. Oh my God. It's like in three days is the three year anniversary of when that song came out already. Um, wow. Yeah. And you know, in over quarantine, that song gold, you know, which was the coolest thing in the world. I thought I was just having a catch up with my whole team on zoom uh -huh. and there was, you know, like 16 of us I'm like, so we actually brought you here to, sh to tell you that, your first single went gold and you know how was, cool is that what, that feeling what's that feeling like when you're told that, that dude your single just went gold it sold all these copies you've reached that level what's that like it's 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 unexplainable it's i've always said i want you know obviously i want number one records i want all this stuff but i was like i need i need a gold record because i need a plaque I need a thing that I, I <laughs> you need something to hang on the wall. Dude, there's no room on that wall. <laughs> no, I'm never letting her anywhere near the plaque. <laughs> the plaque goes to Nashville. Um, okay. But I needed something that I could physically hold mm -hmm. that I could always tangibly say, look, mom, mm -hmm. you believed in me. You let me do music. Look what, look at this. Right. And so there's a lot of incredible things that I've been lucky enough to do. You know, I've done the Grand Ole Opry a bunch of times. I've done like, yeah. and all these incredible moments, like doing the Opry for the first time is something that I know, something I get to experience. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. a plaque in that gold record is something we can all hold. And uh, I don't know if anybody else as a musician feels that way when they first, when they get their first plaque. But to me, it was, um, it's gotta be wild. Just so exciting. So, well, it's a huge accomplishment, and you know all the support that you had behind you. You kind of feel like you've all shared in that award. It's yeah, you know absolutely. as much as you brought it to life, they all you know just supported you since you were what you said eight years old with the guitar. <laughs> yeah, uh, fourteen with the guitar, eight, eight years old at the George Strait concert. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah, so. all down. I love it. Hey, you talk about numbers and you know reaching the gold level, but isn't it like two hundred million streams or something like that? That I. What well, that's an unbelievable number. We yeah we so that was another thing that we got to celebrate. Um, and <laughs> we we hit two hundred million total streams uh, for all my music like as a whole. Um, yeah. yeah. And what's crazy is I actually just looked at the numbers a couple of days ago, and it's 
it's 250 now. And so <laughs> that's what's crazy to me is because I don't know, like when we're sitting here, we can't do shows. You just expect yeah. everything to slow down. And it's so inspiring and cool to see that fans are, are clutching on almost even harder and they're mm -hmm. listening and streaming even more and they're buying more. Um, it, it might be the Instagram lives, you know, and the connections <laughs> and all that stuff. And, well, you know what? It, it's also doing things like this. We're having this conversation. We have viewers. We have listeners. And they find out that you're a real person. You're cool. You're down to earth. And you're putting out great music. And you're putting out music that people can relate to. I mean, from the difference to I was listening to Real Love before we went on tonight uh, and to the new song that's coming out. That's what people want to hear. And it makes them feel good. And they go, that guy's singing about me or that, you know, Hey, um, you know, Tyler is, that's me in that song. I mean, that's what it's about. You've yeah. touched them. So yeah, absolutely. You're doing it right, man. Thanks, man. And that's, yeah, that's the whole thing. I mean, music moves me more than anything in the world. And so when I do, even though I, I write all week, every week, when I do get a chance to sit down and write a song with other co-writers, whether it's one or five times a week, like I really tried extremely hard to make it, something that's going to move somebody, something that's going to be as relatable as physically possible. You know, and if we're writing a drinking song, what's the drinking song that moves somebody, you know, and it's like, <laughs> how do you, how do you write the same thing everybody always writes, but make it, make somebody feel it, you know? And, um, yeah. Well, yeah. It's interesting. Amazingly, they come out different. Yeah. You can yeah. say the same thing in a totally different manner and it's, it's a winner. That's a, uh... That's wild, though. I looked at the, those numbers, and uh, yeah, I was doing some research before he went on tonight. He just said, "Man, this kicks ass." The, these numbers—you got the gold record, you, or uh, two hundred and fifty million streams. I mean, this is crazy. This is crazy. That's gotta—I mean, that's gotta tell you something, right there. I mean, when you go to bed at night, do you go like, "What's going on?" This is, you know, but you gotta—you gotta hold yourself together, and mm -hmm. just—it's so cool, so cool. Yeah. Um, what you know to get you where you are what's the best piece of advice that you were ever given oh man oh so when i first moved to town i got i got to meet garth brooks and huh. um which is you know they always say don't meet your idol because they'll ruin it for you um garth brooks is the exact opposite of that he's um and everybody that's ever met garth you know even if I've shared a few words will always say the same mm -hmm. thing that he's the nicest most genuine person like they've ever met and he was so kind and you know he gave me his information and i i sent him one of my first demos like right when i was first moving to town and he set me up with meetings with his manager and his publisher and all sorts of just incredible things as a new kid to town um, really? as a new kid as a new 30 year old to town um and he's he told me no matter what man as write the best songs obviously that you ever can but always record the best songs that you've ever heard. And it wasn't until I heard the difference that I understood exactly what he meant by that. Because we had been, you know, I'd, I'd written 100, 200 something songs once I signed this deal, trying to figure out like, all right, cool, we love this song, we love this song, these are all in a pile, but what's that first one? And mm -hmm. we were listening to outside songs and, you know, I'd never recorded an outside song. And, but that was when advice like that from somebody like Garth really comes into play because He's like, man, if I never, if I only released or recorded my songs, I would have never had the dance. I would have never had friends in low places yeah. right? and some of like the biggest songs of all time. Absolutely. And our conversation had started with, I did a writer's round with Tony Arada 
which wrote mm -hmm. the dance and he's one of Garth's best mm -hmm. friends. And, yes. um, I got to hang out with Tony a little bit and with my family and my uncle playing guitar, one of our biggest traditions of all time is anytime it comes out, my grandma and I and my uncle Tim, <laughs> we all sing the dance Garth Brooks. That's like our one moment. It's a one song that we all sing together. And, um, just telling Tony, like, you know, thanks for writing that song. Cause it's, it's been he like mm -hmm. massive part of my life growing up. And then I got to meet Garth two week randomly two weeks later and tell him that same story and about the Tony thing. And I don't know, he kind of just um, sucked into that story with me and then just kind of pulled me to the side and we hung out for a little bit. And, um, but yeah, it was really when I heard the difference in this pitch meeting, I was like, that's what Garth's talking about. When you hear it, it isn't necessarily the best song you've ever heard, but it's, it's one, it's for you, the best song, right? It's yep. a song I finally heard that sound and felt like I wrote it. And yep. I was Made supposed to hear it that day. And yeah good old garth you know I, I i i can't agree with you more on that uh, with garth because i can tell you a real quick story uh here in syracuse uh, many years ago when he was doing you know he was doing the big like we have a carrier dome and uh 80 000 seat arena had two shows booked there both sold out and of course with the radio thing we're doing our thing and we were backstage and i had a program in my hand for the show that night yeah and he at me and he goes skip he goes did you pay for that I go, yeah, it was five bucks. No big deal. I just wanted to get, he goes, he reaches in his pocket, pulls out a $5 bill and goes, here, you don't pay for anything at my show. Yes. <laughs> wow. Holy shit. This is really cool. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah. you know, and it's just, he just such a genuine person, just so real. And, sat, you know, even in Nashville at CRS, you know, we've seen him there a couple of times and just different things we've done. Um, just you know, we've had conversations with him and he's just so, so cool and so down to earth. He's no different than you and I. And he just yeah. come across that way, which is awesome. Absolutely. Uh, and you got five bucks from Garth. Yeah. <laughs> Did you frame it, Skip? Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, my wife. You know what? Here's what probably happened to that $5 bill. I left it in my jeans pocket and hit the, hit the washing machine. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? My wife reaches in the pocket before it goes into the washing machine to empty out the pockets. That $5 bill ended up somewhere else. I just don't know about it. That's what mm -hmm. I'm, you know. I know that game. 100%. <laughs> do you do that, Deb? Um, you know, I used to do that. And then now I'm like, eh, if the money falls out and it's in there, then I'll grab it. If it's not, I don't have time to search through the pockets anymore. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm lucky I get the laundry done. Hey, um, hey, how many tattoos do you have? I see when you had your arm up there, yeah, I, I could see something on your sleeve. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've got a big one right here. It's like basically, it's it's hard because the camera is reversed. So when I move one way, my body goes the other way. I know, way. it's, it's uh, totally opposite. So this one is... <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait, let me turn around. It's upside down, but it's my dog. Yeah. It's, oh, it's, oh. Um, Okay. I met her for 15 years. Uh, yeah. On her 13th birthday, I got her face tattooed on my body. Um, That's wonderful. Rescued her when I was 19. I'm turning 35 in a couple weeks, and I still have her. And so it's just wow. crazy when you think about it. She's been my daughter. Almost half my life she's been with me. Yeah. Is Abby um, all good with Abby? Things good? She's good. Yeah, she had a little bit of a scare um, around yeah. Halloween time, and it was the only real scare we've ever had with her. And she was extremely sick for about a week. and. She's her sassy. We call her the sassy cat. She's just herself, and it's great. Love it. Love it. Um, I've got like, I've got a. Uh, they call it three quarter sleeve, I guess. But from yeah. here all the way up to here, yeah. Um, some under here, my chest, my back, um, and one inside my lip. <laughs> really? Really? 
Yeah. Oh, and I got Mickey. I got Mickey Mouse on my leg too, which is one of my favorites. That's cool. That's cool. And why Mickey Mouse? Why is that one of your favorites? Do you enjoy going while you're in California? Do you go to Disneyland or when yeah. you're in? Do you go to Orlando to Disney World? So growing up in California, you know, it's it's definitely I love Disney World, but Disneyland is is you know the mecca, right? And so growing up just around it my whole life, it was just um, Walt Disney's dream and get I don't know the whole the whole tattoo is a big it's a big piece with a lot of moving parts, but it's, mm -hmm. um, it's more or less about Mickey Mouse as it is about Walt Disney's dream. Um, mm -hmm. like Walt was turned down by everybody, you know, and then he, um, he just had this idea, one little idea of this little mouse. And then, you know, the idea was almost stolen and then all these crazy stories, he eventually gets in and boom, here we are. And it's, um, a quote from him. And it says, that's the real problem with the world today is too many people grow up. And it's just a reminder to, you know, never take life too seriously and just keep having fun and keep chasing the dream. And um, it's, uh, yeah, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. Like, and one of his original, not original sketches, because that mouse was super ugly, but one of his early sketches. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. That's true. We're, we're big, big Walt Disney fans in my family. So we, our kids grew up going to Disney every year and we've always been, um, so impressed and about him and his dream and we have these little plaques with these little sayings that we've given to all the kids to just follow your dreams because you just never know yeah, you know what, what you can pursue so i've got the partner statue so on the oh, wow. as part of the tattoo is the partner statue so when you walk into disneyland i think there's one disney world as well but when you walk in it's it's the statue you see of walt holding mickey mouse's hand yes his, mm -hmm. hand, his hand is like this to the park so they mm -hmm. put that up after he died, and it's supposed to represent him giving the park to Mickey. Like, this is yours now. And oh. so, um, yeah, I've got – it's all this whole big thing cool. on my list. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's cool. It, it's true, though. Once you get one, mm -hmm. you're going to get more. And yeah, I mean, I started the week after I turned 18, and uh, <laughs> I've got all sorts of ideas for the next ones. So. <laughs> Hear what mom or dad said. You were on your own. You could do it. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. May regret that someday, son. No, no, no. I know. I hear. I got. I got a couple myself. So. Yeah. Deb's got a back tattooed. No. No, I don't. Don't listen to him. <laughs> we just went through our first tattoos in our family a couple weeks back. So yeah. um, we. Uh, it's so. I'm a mom, of course. We've raised four, and my big thing was no tattoos until you graduate college. They all went to college. And my thing was, I just didn't want them to get one when they were in a drunken state and then regret yeah. it and not know, uh, it's, you know, it's in a bad spot. It's going to stretch or it doesn't mean anything, whatever. So finally, um, our 25 year old who's been out of school for quite some time, just got his first tattoo and our younger daughter just got her first one. But hers was, we had a dog like you did. She was 15 and she, you know, grew up with the kids. So my youngest just got the tattoo with with um, our little puppy thing yes. on her. So oh. so I it, I took it to heart when you said you had your dog on your on your arm yeah. there because they're part of your family. So totally. Yep. They're they're with you for a long time. I love that. You forever. Anyway, now they can do whatever they want. <laughs> <laughs> Although they're all watching now, so I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know what's going to happen now. Yeah, they do what they want. The fireplace is down, and you weren't home earlier. Yet your son was there with his girlfriend. So I'm just, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, couch yeah. is getting hot. Yep. Anyway, yep. back 
to Tyler and his music. It's heating up, baby. It's heating up. <laughs> Anyways, yes, let's talk about your music. So we got the single coming out. Uh, what's down the road? We got the single that drops, you said, a uh, week from Friday or week yeah, from Tuesday? Yeah, so it comes out Thursday night. So, well, the 12th, yeah. Friday, but yeah, Thursday night. Cool. Okay. Yeah. And um, that's coming off the album? So this is uh, first single after the album. Okay. Um, and so, cause, yeah, album came out in September last year. And so this is um, first step towards the next the next chapter. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's called Better Than You're Used To. And this was one I wrote over the summer. And it was just one of those ones that, we, I, I mean, I knew right away, you know, everybody loved the song and, and whatnot. And, uh, but the album was pretty much already planned out. And so, you know, we're always, by the time the album came out, I'd already written another, you know, 50 songs towards the next thing. <laughs> and so it's, that's just how it works with timing. But yeah, uh, with better than you're used to, I was, you know, I went on TikTok and just been, I don't do the dancing or anything on TikTok. I, I just use it for what I do. I just music and everything and show like an inside different weird world of my dogs and my wife and I. And that's uh, so and did like a, you know, we were on a road trip over there Christmas to go back home and was doing just little teasers of songs. And I did this one of better than you're used to. And I didn't even post it for like a month. And then two weeks ago, I threw it up on TikTok. It was like, oh, hey, here's a new song. And it just blew up. It was like yeah. over 3 million hits. It's got like 50,000 wow. shares. It's, yeah. it's just crazy. And so the next morning, you know, Scott, everybody, later, we're like, all right, cool. We're going to record this. We're going to put it out right away. Now it comes out a week. <laughs> so, yeah, we yeah. And it's funny. Nice. When I was talking to the, the Chris and the, the gang at the label, they were like, yeah, he's got this. You, you, you got to hear the new song. You got it. You got it. You know, and they were really pumped about it. And that was the other reason they wanted to get you on the podcast. And I'm like, absolutely, dude. And and I can't. I'm a fan. I, I, I will admit I'm a fan. And your music is wonderful, dude. It's just really, really, really cool. I can play you guys a little clip of it. You guys want to hear a little clip of it? Yeah, we'd, we'd love to hear Absolutely. a little clip. Absolutely. If my, my manager's probably going to be like, yo, why did you do that? And I'm going to be like, because it's skipping dev. We mean- <laughs> <laughs> get a little sneak peek. That's yeah, right. I did hear that they had to clear this through your manager first. So that, uh, yeah, you know, this is all right. Dude, just like a little bit of chorus, give you a little vibe, right? Okay. A little, all little right. vibe check. Right. Okay. Uh, Love it already. Just a little bit. All right. Yep. Yep. I can't wait to get my hands on it already. So, so if we go to TikTok, we'll be able to hear pieces of it before it actually came together, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, okay. TikTok, um, TikTok, my Instagram, you know, I've got like a bunch of yeah. acoustic stuff of me playing pretty much the whole song and then uh, mm-hmm. the demo before this version and all that stuff and uh, me doing car karaoke with the wife, you know, we just love party it. while we drive. Safely party while we drive. Of course, of Makes course. Time go by. Makes time go by. How 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 far is that drive actually? How many hours does it take you? Or oh, days? Drove, yeah, days. So we drove because of our two dogs um, and mm-hmm. COVID and everything. We're like, oh, we're gonna fly and then have to quarantine before seeing family mm-hmm. and stuff. So, so we're like, let's just drive. So we drove from LA to Massachusetts and it was uh, three days, but we'd stayed oh. for five weeks. So it was uh, or like oh, then days. it was worth it. Yeah, but three days—that's still pretty good for going cross country, coast mm-hmm. to coast. 
Yeah, I just I did 15 hours basically yeah. driving and then sleep 15 hours driving, 15 hours got there. So, yeah, but we stopped. My mom's in Pennsylvania, so we stopped okay. in Pennsylvania and oh. were there for five days and then went up to Massachusetts. I was going to so, ask how you went through. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it was 40 hours to first destination and then five extra hours to get to her parents. Mm, so it. you actually have been to the Northeast then a few times, times. I guess, right? Yeah, 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 many times. Yeah, I love it. So uh, when you're in the area, then we'll have to be sure to to uh, visit you. But then you know the weather, you know the whole Northeast, you know the the whole gamut over here. So oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. It, I mean, when I was back there, it snowed like 12 inches, I guess, right? Like middle mid to end December, it was like 12 inches of snow. Mm -hmm. So for me, that was like a blizzard. <laughs> <I'm so laughs> <sorry. I know. laughs> oh, well, thanks, Lou. Yes, Lou. Uh, we all know Lou. Mm -hmm. Hi, Lou. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> awesome stuff. And um, it's, yeah. So how many, let me ask you this. Now that I'm thinking about this. With this pandemic and everything, you know, we've been shut down since March. Yeah, you've done some road trips, this and that. But how many songs do you think you have written while you've been pretty much just there? Yeah. Um, you know, the album prep and stuff took a lot took a lot of time and i definitely paused for quite a while while we were getting the album ready to go uh -huh. um and i honestly i would say probably just as much as a normal year i mean i, I think i probably have like i don't know maybe 30 40 i'd say 40 okay 40, 40 this year 40 since lockdown mm -hmm. i guess i don't know yeah i went on quite a few trips not like mm -hmm. unsafe covid trips you know but the like us hey. just driving to national parks and stuff. But, <laughs> well, um, why not? I mean, we, we've talked to other artists that said that they've been, uh, actually, they've been taking trips just to see different parts of our country or yeah. even their own neighborhood, places they normally don't get to go, totally. you know? I mean, I grew up four hours from Yosemite, and I had never been. Like, what is wrong with me, you know? And yeah. then and so then my I want to be like, so we just adopted Max. Max is a 16-year-old uh husky and he was in a bad living situation and we found out about it so we got him in may I'm thinking oh we'll just rehab this dog for a couple months and find him a home and then we fall in love with max you know he's just like this big white polar bear and so now that's abby's boyfriend and they're 15 <laughs> and 16 they're just grandpa and grandma that's um, so and you know so max being so old and now all of a sudden i have free time i was like i want to show sabina because Sabina's lived in California for a long time, but mostly just LA, a little bit of San Francisco. Uh -huh. I wanted to show her California. I wanted to take her to Lake Tahoe and show her like the places I grew up and different parts of the coast. And I was like, let's do like a three week road trip, take the dogs. We'll show Max all of California. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'll get to see Yosemite for the first time. And she'd get to see all these other places I grew up loving. And um, took her to like Santa Cruz to see the boardwalk, like, just like nice. random tourist things, right? Yeah. And the tourist things that people that aren't from California do and the people that are from California never go to, we went right. and did them all, you know? Yep. And yeah. so um, yep. it was a lot of fun. And we've done a few of those trips. We went, you know, went to Zion in Utah for our anniversary. Yeah. And, um, nice, you know, nice. You just yeah. you, um, see it let, me, let me ask you this, uh, being who you are, Tyler Rich, and of course being married to Sabina, I mean, do you guys, do you get the privacy? Are you able to go somewhere and not have people like, Oh, can I get your autograph? Can I get a picture? Can I, you know, you deserve to have that privacy. Yeah. I'm just wondering how that all works out because of both of you being who you are. Yeah. Um, it's, it's never weird or overbearing. It's very, it's a very normal amount, I guess you would say. Mm -hmm. Um, 
people a lot of times will be somewhere and then we'll leave and then we'll see tweets. Oh my God, you were here. I wish I would have come to say hello. And right. to us, right. that's upsetting because we love to meet people. And we love to talk to sure. people. And if somebody, because it's not overbearing, you know, like okay. maybe one or a couple of people in a certain place might know who we are unless somebody says something. But, and if it's just one or two people, you know, we'd love to meet people. Come say hi. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, a, it's at a very normal level right now. One of the weirdest things is when we were in Zion and we were going through uh, this canyon and Sabina was like yelling, doing something. And then we heard a person say, Sabina? And we turned around thinking it was a friend. And it was a fan that recognized her voice from oh, like, wow. Instagram stories and stuff. And she came wow. around the corner and she's like, I know your voice because of all your stories online. Oh, my wow. God. And I was like, we just got recognized in a canyon. Sabina, this that's the coolest one yet. <laughs> that is very cool. Middle that of is very cool. Um, but no, yeah, very very normal level. And it, it always yeah. makes our day when somebody comes yeah. up. And TikTok well, is the app of choice, correct? Is mine? Uh, the TikTok, is that the new app of choice? Oh, you know, it's it's created such a cool new world for me that 100%. Um, I realized that rather than sitting around being like, oh, I'm never going to get on TikTok because it's just dancing and it's dumb. I actually sat down and I looked through it. And I mean, it's everything from boring stuff, educational mm-hmm. stuff that I like, like mm-hmm. stocks, to... <laughs> writing music and producing music to tips and tricks to dancing to songwriting you know it's everything you want it to be and i was like man there's a whole demographic of fans music fans that are using this app that aren't on instagram and i was Mm -hmm. like if i'm not doing everything i can at the same time on this app i'm wasting a potential like i'm wasting almost potentially like half of my entire fan base and um my i don't honestly think my career would be what it is right now if it wasn't for TikTok this year, because when we were talking about how, wow, my streams went up so much and yes, I can't tour. Well, I found a new app, you know? And so Lever Wild had already been out for well over a year or two, I guess probably well over a year. And then I posted a video on Lever on TikTok of Lever Wild with my wife doing like random goofy things that of who <laughs> she is. Mm-hmm. And that has got like 7 million views and like the streams went up like 300%. And you gotta think those are all new fans. And mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, so I just, if anybody's watching this, it's a musician that feels intimidated and just freaked out by TikTok. I was too. And it's absolutely changed my life. I got, I get to release better than you're used to next week, strictly because of the reaction on TikTok. I mean, yeah. it would have come out eventually. It was definitely one of our favorites. Um, but now I get to release it on Valentine's Day weekend, you know, and mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> do it. Well, social media is the it thing today. And every time they come out with a new social media aspect, it just it just takes off like wildfire. So it works yeah. out great. Absolutely. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, um, it is. It's uh, The TikTok's on fire. Everybody's using it. And I get it. Man, the exposure you get is just phenomenal. The uh, Let's go back a little bit with the album, uh, 2000 Miles. Uh, there was a, I saw a video um is it feels like home feels feels, feels like, like home. and and it, it was done during the pandemic if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. and uh you're in different homes and yeah. it's kind of cool how you did that yeah so feels like home is very specifically about uh mm-hmm. unfamiliar places that feel like home and you know me going to dublin and feeling I'm, I'm like 75% Irish. And so when I got to Dublin and I'd just been in all these other countries, I felt this 
strange, innate feeling of home. And I was like, crazy how I can be thousands of miles away from my actual home, surrounded by strangers, and feel like I belong. And I was like, and then so a couple of years later, I had written down that thought. And then a couple of years later, I'm in a writer's room and I was like, yo, guys, what if that is every dive bar in America or every city, every yeah. small town has a dive bar that'll make you feel like home. It's going to have your same beers on draft. It's going to have a shitty broken mm -hmm. bowl in the corner. Yeah. It's going to yeah. have, you know, and there, you know, if friends in low places or don't stop believing or something comes on, strangers are going to hug each other and dance, you know, and it's like mm -hmm. there's always that place. And so that's what we wrote this song about. And I was like, I want the music video to be everybody that makes me feel like home. And so mm -hmm. my friends that are, you know, I've been lucky enough in and out of bands and stuff touring since, you know, I was right out of high school. And so I have friends all across the country and I'm lucky to say that close friends. And so mm -hmm. in that video are my friends from New York, our family from Massachusetts, friends from California, friends from Nashville, friends Love from Germany, that. you know, and it's like oh. all these different people in their own little quarantine bubbles filming from their home. And I was like, I want to watch that video and feel like home. And I want people to watch that video and understand what home is to me. And it was such a fun thing. And it was just so cool, like to get all that footage back and then just laugh through the outtakes of my friends that are awkward on camera and don't know how to, <laughs> what, they're like, you know, what, what, what do we do? <laughs> but you know, the director would, the director would FaceTime or Zoom them. Yeah just like this, they would set it up, they'd set up a camera and he would direct them and tell them what to do from LA um, all across the world. That's amazing. That's real. That is amazing how that all just comes together like that. You'd really almost never know that you're not all in the same place yeah, making exactly. a video. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. When it comes to your uh, social media, I mean, you do it all yourself or does uh, do you have a team that does a lot of that for you as well? Uh, so I do, every, you know, I've got a, got a lot of friends that no sorry i've got a team that they'll post stuff for me um here and there and mostly come up with ideas for me with me etc we're a uh -huh. team in that aspect but but i run it all uh you know if it's ever like sounds like it's me typing it's always me typing you know unless it's promoting yeah. a show or something easy that you know shout out to parker if parker can post it you know while mm -hmm. i'm in a write or something he'll mm -hmm. post it but if it's ever anything that's personal 98% of the time it's me posting it and I truly I know we keep talking about it but I truly like reward I, I don't even know what I'm trying to say here I blame social media for most of my success you know like that's a good thing yeah me like fighting to death to get Instagram followers seven years ago and trying to get you know like any type of follows and building these things here and building these little pockets here and um it's all been a slow build and so it, I, I thoroughly enjoy my social media because it's all the same people and all the new people, you know, that keep coming in. And if you don't like somebody, you just click and they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best part. <laughs> I know. See you, dude. <laughs> Goodbye. No. Especially now with the, well, recently with all the crap that's been going on. But okay. uh, tell us about um, what was it like when you got to your first deal? Tell me about that whole experience. I mean, you're obviously you've been there a few years, but when you first signed that deal, what were you feeling? How excited were you? How how was all that going? So signing the deal was a party in itself. You know that I mean that was that that was you know champagne and explosions yeah. and, and the whole nine yards. But um, finding out I got the deal was was the real moment that I'll never forget because. I had been going from Nashville to Northern California and playing 
these uh, casino lounges. And so I would do five nights in a row, four hours a night. So 20 hours of singing. And I would just do cover songs, new songs, um, making, you know, okay money. I do it four or five nights in a row, fly home, write songs for two weeks, fly back, fly back, write two songs, write songs for two weeks, fly back and forth. Um, And it was, um, you know, there were some amazing people that would come every night and it wasn't a show. I was background music in a smoky casino lounge. And uh, I met some incredible people during it. And, Mm -hmm. but for the most part, you know, it was, it was torment, you know, as somebody that wants Mm -hmm. to be on tour and somebody wants to be playing concerts. I was, I was playing cover songs, you know, and it being ignored by people. And I I remember I was sitting at Starbucks. I would, I had the same routine. I'd go watch like two movies a day and then I would go to Starbucks and, um, and just sit there and stare at my computer. Like, what am I doing in this little town? I was in middle nowhere and I was balancing bills with not enough money. And I was just like, nope. how am I gonna make this work? I can't keep coming all the way out here. What am I doing? And I got his phone call because we had done a showcase for Big Machine mm-hmm. with some other labels, and, but we hadn't really heard, you know, it'd been like six weeks. And so I was kind of losing hope. And I got a phone call from my manager and he's like, hey man, he's like, Scott just called me. And mm-hmm. he was like, hey, you know, I know that took a little while. I was trying to figure out what was the perfect team for Tyler. And um, we'd love to offer him a, a, a spot in the Valerie Music family. And, um, I was like, it was just crazy. I mean, like, I'm almost, I'm tearing up right now. I was going to say, you probably yeah. were ready to, you were crying at that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Like, I just, I just lost it. I was mm-hmm. in, a, in a Starbucks around a bunch of strangers just like crying. And it just was this whole like thing that was piled on top of each other of where I was and what I was doing and doing these bills and like all this stuff in this moment and then getting yep. that phone call. And I just paced the parking lot for 30 minutes calling everybody I could possibly call. And, uh, just Dude, losing my freaking mind. Yeah, it was. And then, you know, that then it's like all of a sudden it was the holidays. And so I actually didn't sign it until middle of January. Um, uh-huh. And I think it was 2017. And um, it was middle of January. And so it was like three months of being told you were getting a record deal. And then just sitting around like, oh, they don't change their mind. I told everybody already. <laughs> <laughs> well, I... I know it when Scott Borchetta makes a deal, he makes a deal. Jimmy Harden right behind him. I mean, a couple of great guys, and uh, they mean what they say, and uh, you're in the right place, dude. Yeah. You're definitely in the right place. Could not agree anymore. Absolutely. So so as a new artist or an artist on the rise, generally um, do the labels say, hey, we're just having a, a bunch of labels come together at a venue, and they're all – are you invited to this event or do you have to seek it out yourself? How does that come together? Um, so it is, so it's different for every artist. Um, I've heard about those where it's uh, a showcase and they invite anybody that wants to come and you'll do it at a show with fans. Um, we, you know, started pitching a few songs to a bunch of different labels and uh, started taking meetings and whatnot. And so I had met with um, Allison, who's like family to me. She's the head of A&R at Big Machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, family now, you know, I didn't know her then, but, and right. We uh, did a meeting and she loved it. And she set me up for a meeting uh, with Scott. And then Scott, that meeting was going to happen, you know, in like a month or so. But then Scott, you know, my uh, manager had been managing Justin Moore. And Mm -hmm. they were going to a a show together. And Pete was like, hey, check out my other new artist, you know, Tyler. And Scott, you know, was like, oh, my God, I love this. Let's meet right away. Why are we waiting? And then so (laughs) we met right away. And then that was acoustic, you know nervous awkward as hell i was gonna say you had to be a nervous wreck how do you even sing when you're that nervous it's me just singing to scott in his office right just yeah 
oh man, nice little serenade for Borchetta. And <laughs> then, uh, and he's like, I love it, man. I want to see the band. You got, you got two weeks to get your band out here from California. And so the guys flew out and we did a, a showcase just for big machine, you know, and it's like, you know, you're on a stage in a rehearsal hall and that's uh, the lights are on you. And then there's just an empty floor. There's no fans. And you just see shadows of people on the back wall. And so, <laughs> I mean, I, I did it all. I did, I did everything I would have done if there was a crowd, you know, I threw fake, I threw guitar picks to fake fans. You know, I did, I did, every, I did everything as if it was a full show. And um, it was, uh, it was fun. I mean, we walked off that, we walked off the stage, like, I don't know. It's, it's kind of awkward cause you're done. And then you walk down you say hi to everybody, you know, and like, what if they hated it? You know, but we were, super, <laughs> we were super proud of the performance and we just felt like if this doesn't work, it's not supposed to, cause we went, we went all out, you know, right. um, but it, it worked the way it was That's supposed awesome. to for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd, I'd be scared to death. <laughs> it was pretty nerve wracking to say the least, you know, your, your entire future staring at you. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And like I don't is, know. How, yeah. <laughs> no expressions, just, just <laughs> wide open. That's the scary yeah. part because they are—they're just oh, saying, blank faces, just staring at you. So. They're gonna tell you get the hell out, or do they love you? Yeah. So it's like, wow. You know, I don't know how you guys do it. You get mm -hmm. on stage and you're—you know—you've got to be Mister Happy, and you go out there and you rock the place. I mean, I I've seen it so many times doing what I do, where I get on the stage and do the presents and say, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome, blah, blah, blah. That's one thing. But for you guys to go out there and get the crowd pumped up and just kick ass, I mean, night after night after night, and mm -hmm. you act like you'd never get tired of it. But come yeah. on, let let's be real, though. It's a job. We all get tired once in a while. Yeah. Uh, go out and do it. I mean, as soon as you get on stage, all of your day disappears, right? Like, I mean... Right. At, at least for me and, and for everybody I know, I mean, I've been, I've had horrible days and ho horrible things going on and gone mm -hmm. on stage and I've felt it affect me a little bit before, but for the most part, like, I don't know, there's just such an infectious energy when you walk out and you see there's such a community, you know, and there's like, you get to walk out there and see all your best friends that you've never met. And, uh, and it's just like this giant, I don't know, mm -hmm. the euphoric feeling that never gets old. And mm -hmm. But I mean, I'll be pissed off when I get off stage. I'll go right back to my bad mood for sure. <laughs> but, <laughs> never, you know, but it um, takes it all away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we're, uh, yeah. That's I mean, it's cool. it's hard too when you're. I mean, you know, a, show, a show's a party. I uh, everybody's always in a good mood. The other bands, the you know, like the the band's friends backstage. It's always just like a fun time. And That's cool. um, if I'm not vibing, I'm not feeling it. I'm going through something. I'll just exclude myself. Um, and go be in my own spot rather than be in a bad mood around people. Cause yeah. you don't want to be that energy, right? You don't have right, to, right. You don't want to be that guy. You, you don't, don't want to, yeah. Let my bad day ruin somebody else's. Right. Exactly. Show. Yeah. What's, um, what's your band doing? Um, I'm sure you play with the same guys all the time and especially you got a road band and all that, but uh, what are they doing during the, during this time of the pandemic where there's not yeah. much none? Um, so a lot of them have gotten into online lessons and so they're teaching people, um, just like this, you know, and posting on blogs and forums. And I've done some promoting for him as much as I can on my Instagram, just like, mm -hmm. Hey, this is Ben and he can teach you this. And Hey, this is Joe and he can make you demos and this, that. And, um, they're just, you know, we get money yeah. as a business, like a little bit from like the PPP and stuff like that, that I can at least like give my guys like a paycheck every once in a while. Right, but, it, right. but I mean, that gives them like I don't oh. know, a month of life, you know? Yeah. So yeah. They, um, <laughs> they're just doing what they can, you know, little odd, oddball jobs, 
um, our guitar player, we call him Goat. He uh, not because he's the greatest of all time, just because he eats everybody's <laughs> eats everybody's food all the time. Uh, he was a vet tech. Um, he played music his whole life, you know, but he was a vet tech as well. And uh, before he started playing with us, and he just started doing that again, you know. So he works part time at a at a vet in Nashville, and uh, I'm super proud of them all. You know, they're just doing the best they yeah. can. And I've had pretty much all my same guys. You know, one guy works at a restaurant right now, and cool. they've been uh, they've been my dudes pretty much the whole time through all this. And so, yeah. those so, are the ones that uh, they're standing behind you on stage mm -hmm. that you out front. They're the ones without them, you wouldn't be able to do what you're doing. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those are yeah, they're my brothers. Absolutely, 100%. absolutely. What is um one thing that you haven't done yet that you want to do? I want to get number one song country radio. Well, that's um, gonna. We already know that's gonna happen. That's my that's my that's my next goal. I got the plaque now. I need the number one. Um, I want I want a Keith Urban tour. Um, what else okay. do I want for Christmas this year? I want. Uh, I'll second that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, I want a Keith Urban tour. Um, a Keith Urban duet, maybe a handshake. Um, but why Keith Urban? Oh man, Keith is always he's that one that, like I told you when I was in high school, you know, I was listening to anything that was loud and crazy, right? And Keith was that guy that came from a rock band that had those country roots that mm -hmm. turned it up loud and shredded mm -hmm. and just owned mm -hmm. a stage and brought just such a a performance and a life and an energy back into a genre that I still listen to, like that, you know, like. Tim McGraw, Kenny Chesney, Lone Star, all that stuff was right. like my early twenties, you know, coming yep. in. And uh, but it was Keith that just God just killed me. And I was Keith, like Hell of a picker. Hell him mm -hmm. and Paisley gotta be the two best guitar players that I've seen. Yeah, I, so good. Yeah. And they're so different, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And yes, uh, exactly, exactly. Yeah, like Paisley is so technically incredibly talented. And then mm -hmm. but then like Keith has got like flavor, you know, like different flavor that Mm -hmm. people that are just as good can't really do sometimes and it just it's hard to figure out but it's it's uh it's it's mm -hmm. cool to watch and i've gotten to do a couple shows with him and just standing on the side stage just watching him do his thing i don't know i feel like everything you know his songs his melodies it's uh that, yeah that's the goal get out there and play for his fans every night what about a, a, a cmt crossroads type of thing yeah so john fogarty <laughs> really yeah wow I mean, I'd That'd like him to get cool. Credence back together as much as possible, but um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, John, yeah, Credence is one of my favorite bands of all time. You know, they're from Norco. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, see, I don't know, just to even get to sing one song with John Fogarty, I'd lose my mind. But yeah. get more on that. Get him on that. Tell him mm -hmm. I got my, I got an artist for the next mm -hmm. CMT Crossroads. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah you've got so connections cool. now. You should be able to get all that accomplished. Yeah. 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 I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll revisit in a year and you'll probably have half your goals met by then. I'm sure. I know mm -hmm. that one song is right around the corner because mm -hmm. your music's just been, you know, it, it just like I mentioned earlier with the difference, that was the turning point and it's just upwards and onward. And that was an awesome song. It's just, I'm surprised that didn't go to number one, but yeah. uh, Thanks, close. Man. Yeah, yeah, close, absolutely. Absolutely. close. And that's, that's a good sign. Mm -hmm. Well, I was just going to ask you something. I just had a brain fart. Um, forgot, forgot. Oh, oh. So uh, you got the San Francisco hat on. Do you go to the games? As much as I can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll go to some Braves games out in Nashville when they're playing the Giants. Um, okay. about as close as you can get in Tennessee. Um, when I'm in LA, I'll, I'll go to as as many Dodgers versus Giants games as I can because that's a big rivalry. Um, 
Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's nothing quite like you know going to Oracle Park up in San Francisco. Oh, uh, I bet. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna go to a few this year, and then you know, obviously nobody got to go. <laughs> we are um, big baseball fans in this house. Yeah, and um, we follow the Mets and we follow the Nationals, and awesome. uh, the Syracuse. We have a Triple A team. We are the farm team. Well, up until just a couple of years ago, before the pandemic, it was the Washington Nationals, and now we're the New York Mets. Yeah. But, <laughs> No, a lot of the players that actually went to the World Series, we got to know, which yeah. is cool. And awesome. yeah, very, very cool. But, uh, I that's love what, it. Yeah. I saw the hat. I had to ask. So, oh, you, yeah, of course. When in Nashville, do you go to the uh, AAA park at all? Uh, yeah, I've been a few times. It's, yep. such, it's so fun. It's such, I mean, Nashville's such a community and it's such a cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, it's, I mean, Nashville's such a tiny, big town. And so mm-hmm. it's like, it's like going to like a real baseball game but seeing a bunch right. of people you know you know and it's uh right. the right. sounds and so it's nashville is just as a city when it comes to sports is incredible it's infectious mm-hmm. it's from mm-hmm. the preds like the energy that the preds bring unbelievable yep. nashville is insane and uh titans you can just go to a game and then 49ers are playing titans this season it's the first time since i've lived in nashville so six years 49ers are playing an away game in tennessee <laughs> um, nice and uh damn we know where you'll be that day uh, yeah, no shows that day. Nope. <laughs> Make sure the, the calendar is blocked off. Now, the uh, the energy in Nashville, one of my favorite, favorite things is everything that they do there. And when the Preds were um, playing, you know, in that Stanley Cup or wherever they were at at that point, and the street was closed off and they had the big screens and it was just wall-to-wall people. I just absolutely love that energy. We were there. It was right before CMA Fest. So you had that going on with CMA Fest going on. And I was in seventh heaven, which it's just so everybody as a community is just so involved with with, uh, everything that they have going on. It was 80,000 people on the street. Crazy. I believe it. I was one of them. (laughs) I was one of them. Yeah. Deb has a business in Nashville and her son lives there. And he, uh, yeah. So it's uh, there often. Yeah, she's there quite a bit. So. I love it. Cool. Also, Nathan. I see all these comments. Thank you, guys. Gordy, what's up, Britt? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sarah is having a birthday. Yeah, there she is. Wait a minute. Birthday girl. Oh, Sarah. Yeah, Hi, yeah. Sarah. Big fan. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're running out of time here. I don't want to keep you all night. Uh, we usually go try to keep it within an hour. And, it's, yeah. you know, you, you're awesome, dude. I, I just I can't thank you enough for doing this. Um, who you are and where you are in your career. I mean, you're still young. You got to, man, this, you're rocking. I can't wait to get that new song on the radio. Really, seriously. And uh, Thanks, Skip. You, just, you tell those people to give me a call. But I'll, I'll definitely take it. I'll, we'll do it. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just uh, I don't know if Deb's got some questions there or whatever. Sure. Some uh, quick questions. We have a few fun questions we like to throw throw your way. We're All right. at the end of our show here. Um, just to put a little fun into it. So let's see. What's the best way to spend the day when you're playing hooky? Oh, man. I'm such a sucker for just blacking out the room and getting a giant blanket and like <laughs> midday video game or Netflix binge. Just like really? watching like a trilogy movie. Like, if, uh-huh. I mean, sometimes I'll pretend I'm sick just so I can do that. <laughs> I like that one. You know what? I say that often. I go, one of these days, I would love to be like my kids. They'll have a binge day like that and just play hooky and just watch Netflix all day. (laughs) It's hard. I feel guilty when I do it. Yeah. Well, 
yeah. As we're older, we feel guilty, but it is yeah. good to do. <laughs> it's yeah. good to what's did that skip? Now I was gonna ask, what did you binge watch? Anything Netflix? I mean, we've been watching a lot of stuff obviously recently because yep. there's not much to do. Um, I just watched Manhunt Deadly Game on okay. Netflix. That was cool. Um, if you guys are looking for something to binge watch on Netflix, my wife's new series, LA's Finest, um, is on there. It's a Bad Boys, the movie spinoff. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah, All right. it's, it's her, Jessica Alba, and uh, Gabrielle Union. And oh. it was just number four on the top 10 shows of Netflix last week, which is really cool. All right, now I can ask you, now that you mentioned that with your wife being on the show and you guys are sitting on the couch, do you do you watch it and pick it apart? You know, because honey, no. looked or whatever, you know. Yeah, no. Um <laughs> I feel like no, I don't know. Not really. Yeah, we, we actually just kind of try to enjoy it as much as possible. Because like Sabina will do some um I don't know, she'll do you know, like I play a lot of shows I don't want to play. Um, doesn't mean like I don't love the people that end up coming right. and buying tickets, but it might not right. be the necessarily like, the perfect setting of what we want to go do that day, you know. But the paycheck's wonderful, you know. So like, okay, yeah, we'll do that show way in the middle of nowhere that we don't actually w want to on this route because it mm -hmm. makes sense. So same thing with acting, you know. Sabina will get acting offers for movies that she doesn't necessarily love the idea of doing this movie, but the paycheck is definitely worth it. And so sometimes we'll like watch those type of movies and then be like, oh my god, like what is happening right there? <laughs> But, but that's not very often. I mean, we, you know, it's we're, we're we're rarely anything other than happy if we get to watch Sabina on scene. That's awesome. So, uh, did you watch Bridgerton? What is it? Did you watch Bridgerton? Oh man, no. So I, everybody kept telling me I needed to, and then I'm about to start The Crown, and it was like okay. The Crown or Bridgerton, and like for a period timepiece kind of thing. And I started watching Bridgerton, and compared to what I know The Crown is going to be, it felt like High School Musical, and I was like, I got to this is it for me. <laughs> and we ended up watching it. Once we started, we couldn't get away from it, just like Ozark, when that was up. Ozark's great. I watched Ozark. Um, yep. Waiting for the next season to come out. Yeah. We watched um, Succession season one and two extremely fast. It's on HBO. It's maybe one of the best shows I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, I've ahead, just watched all of Vikings. Yeah, watched Vikings. Oh yeah. Does uh, Sabina so, have anything else um, on Netflix or Amazon or anything like that at the moment? She's got. Um, I don't really know what's available where right now, but um, she has a new movie that's a Hulu original coming out. Mm -hmm. um, it's with Pierce Brosnan. It's called. Ooh. It's got a name. I don't know, Love Pierce. Yeah. <laughs> It because uh, you know theaters and stuff like not everything's coming mm -hmm. out of theaters, and so yeah. it just got picked up as a Hulu original. Um, mm -hmm. False positive, so it's called. False positive. I think it comes positive. out in March or April, um, and so that's a Hulu original. You can see Sabina in, and yeah, she's um, just working away. No, I mean it's really great that the streaming services have they've actually had some really good movies on. I mean, I don't even yeah. feel the need to go to the theater anymore because we've had such good movies here. Yeah, so, I agree. Um, what, aren't they putting a lot of the new movies now? Is it HBO Max or? HBO uh, Max. Um, a lot of them are doing that as like a, a debut, like a premiere. Um, right, right, right. That's yeah. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, uh, yeah. That's, I don't know, but I think you have to, uh, we have HBO, we have all those channels, but 
Same. I think HBO Max is a little bit more. So something on top. I, think of- I, I don't know if I have that or not. I'll have to check. Yeah, we'll have to check. One more question here. What do you got, Deb? Well, speaking of movies, do you have a favorite action movie? <sighs> favorite action movie. Such a good question. I'm such a movie buff that like I watch like I've got a million favorite movies. Um, Sounds like my husband. He probably, know probably wouldn't know what to pick. Action. Yeah, I like a lot of like Guy Ritchie style directing films. Oh yeah, um, okay. Like Snatch, Lock, Stock, Double Bear, like all that stuff. Um, I like obscure so, movies. I love horror movies. I'm, I'm a really big uh, horror movie thriller, thriller fan. Um, Michael Jackson fit thriller. That was. I, I think I was reading somewhere. I don't know if it was today or the other day, but when I was kind of doing my homework a little bit, that um, if you were stuck on an island with uh, one album or something, it would be Michael Jackson's Thriller. Yeah. that uh, Michael Jackson, for me, uh, growing up, was I was obsessed with his music videos. I used to watch them like movies all the time. And uh, ah. that uh, on the end of my album, the last song on 2000 Miles is a cover of Billie Jean, which was the version that I created when I used to play in that casino. And I was like, man, Billie Jean is such a cool to me. Billie Jean is such an incredibly written story mm-hmm. stuck in a mm-hmm. massive pop hits body. And I was like, this would be such a cool, wow. like yeah. dirty, smoky kind of like country bar, like vibe. And so I had just gotten done playing uh, Blake Shelton old red from a request. And I just kind of kept that bluesy kind of vibe going. And uh, I started singing Billie Jean, and all of a sudden I got like a hundred dollar tip, and I was like, "Oh shit, this is how I'm supposed to play this song." <laughs> and so um, I started just playing it like that, and you know, then I did like radio tour and a bunch of stuff. Once I signed, uh, uh, um, I did that Billie Jean cover at every visit. I started doing it at every show, and then um, when Scott was like, "Yo, I want, th- I want this to be on your album," and I was like, "I want it to be the end because I want the end of my first album with you guys to be how it started." And yep. I wanted to just be acoustic and a in a cajon drum in my voice. I wanted to feel Love. like those days when I was finding my way. And um, yeah, so I did the the what you're never supposed to do. You're never supposed to cover the king of anything because it's terrifying <laughs> and the internet is brutal. Um, but yeah, the internet has been very kind about that cover so far. They've enjoyed. It. I love when I love when an artist takes like a really good cover song and makes it their own. I mean, I just love that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Kenny Chesney did um, I Want to Know Where Love Is. I think that's the one. Oh, cool. Um, and I listen to that all the time. And then I have a bunch of other ones. So I'm going to have to add yours to my list now. But when you have a song that is like, it's like your favorite song and it's just, it's you and you, and you make it your own. Yeah, so, please check it out. I hope you like I definitely. it. Definitely. Add it to my playlist with all you know, the other ones. Um, Tyler, thank you so much for being here tonight thank you for taking the time i know you're on the west coast we're on the east coast oh, yeah. but, so it's really what you're three hours behind us it's his dinner time now he's probably oh. starving oh poor guy my dogs are howling they're like, oh, oh, yeah oh. they want <laughs> their dinner too and feed us. they know they know they know, they know. They, they get breakfast they know what time they're gonna eat i know our dogs do the same way when it's like five o'clock it's like they're like okay feed me feed yeah. me and they're running around until we feed them they know she, she punches her bowl <laughs> they don't hey, talk. Let me ask you one more question. We're going to let you go. Um, have you been on set with your wife? I have. Yeah. And what is that like? Uh, it's the coolest thing in the world, especially being a movie buff. Like mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with film and the production side and how it all comes together and just the you know cinematics of it all. And so to get to watch her go through makeup and costume changes and run lines with her and then um, 
meet the other actors, whether they're big or not, it doesn't matter. Just meet the other people that are in the film yeah. um, or the TV show and just watch them do their work. And um, it's truly captivating because you meet somebody that's like super nice and then they pick up the paper and they're the biggest asshole in the world, you know? And so it's like, they'll like, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, and it's just crazy how you can be a million different people all at once. And it's, um, it, it's truly, really, really cool. And uh, especially when she was doing LA's finest, you know, cause it was um, just the cast is, you know, all-star cast and uh, the whole so crew was just so nice. And um, it's, it's one of my favorite things is getting to go yeah. on the set. Well, I'm definitely going to check it out. I, I've seen it. I've seen. I just haven't really watched it per se, but I will definitely do that now. But most importantly, I'm going to be listening to your music, and hopefully, our viewers and our listeners will be doing the same. It's Tyler Rich, and uh, the new song comes out a week from Friday. It's going to drop, and um, all I can tell you is to get a hold of your radio station, tell them you want to hear it. All right. I, I know I take care of it here in Syracuse, but uh, everywhere else. So wherever you're watching this or listening to this, and whenever wherever let's 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 get tyler on the radio sooner rather than later and uh, that number one song dude is right around the corner i'm just telling you it's coming and, and it hits number one we're going to come back and do this oh, gonna, i'll be i'll be right here yeah no seriously we'll be and, celebrating we'll all have some champagne yeah, we'll do the champagne thing yeah. I mean, that's all for you so that's cool um it. yeah tyler thank, thank you so yeah, absolutely. It's Tyler Rich. And of course, you know, he's had a bunch of big songs already, some hits on the radio and even some bigger ones coming. So make sure you check them out. Uh, keep listening to the country radio. Oh, I do have one more question. I want, wait a minute. I'm sorry. I had it. I wrote it down here. Hang on. Okay. So just to wrap, wrap this up, uh, finish this sentence. Tyler Rich is. Oh man. Oh, Tyler Rich is, um, Mickey Mouse, dog obsessed, country singing, tour until he dies, best friend. <laughs> ah, there it is. Tyler, you're awesome. Thank you so much for joining us here tonight on Skip Happens. I love it. I love it. Thank I you so it. much. Thanks, guys.